everyone, and welcome to Backstory Podcast, where we dissect engaging story from the ground up. Join us each week when we take a deep dive into literature, film, and unpublished manuscript to discuss some of the inner workings of backstory. This week, we'll be looking into some of the fundamental story elements of the 2016 film, directed by Taika Watiti, titled Hunt for the Wilder People, with Sam Neill and Julian Dennison. And we'll be looking at the subject of humor. Here's my mom, Dana Israel, to talk about Hunt for the Wilder People. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here tonight. As I've mentioned before, the subject of backstory is vast and it's wide. There are just so many ways to approach the topic. I like to consider how backstory is what happens in life when we're not looking. Our subject tonight is, is there humor in misery, tragedy, and trauma? The 2016 film directed by Taika Waititi, Hunt for the Wilder People, says there is for throwaway people. Throwaway people, what a subject, someone said to me recently. And I agreed. That is, until I thought about the fact that I'm considered one. And while I and everyone else who has been thrown away by others may be devalued by others, we are not alone. We have life. We are deeply valued by our creator. And we are many. It's not a nice subject or an easy subject to talk about, this idea of throwaway people. And that's one of the reasons I'm glad and even grateful for Taika Waititi for directing a film about it that gets across some very distasteful and uncomfortable truths about human behavior. Truthful realities that are most often left silent in the dark, where unfortunately they grow larger and more menacing rather than shrink down to their respective ineffectual size. I once saw some film footage of a small herd of horses that has stayed with me and seems to illustrate a point very well. A mare gave birth to a foal, and the foal did not get up right away, as it was expected to do. The foal was lively, it was alert, with its head bobbing about as it responded to the mare. The mare did her motherly soft whinnying to encourage the foal. She nudged it repeatedly, and while it was very much alive, it wasn't getting up. Two, maybe three other mares came over, they sniffed the foal, gently nudged it to get up, and still the foal didn't get up. The stallion of the herd asserted himself and came to investigate. He wasn't tentative or attentive as the mares were. He didn't nudge the foal to get up. He didn't direct any sound at it. He briefly sniffed the foal, stood back for a split second, and then he charged in at it to grab it by the throat in his mouth, and he violently shook it back and forth, snapping the foal's neck. The mares did nothing. The stallion walked away, and they did too. It was a, this-is-not-happening moment. 
I was horrified at the scene. Yes, I know. It's the law of the jungle or nature, and only the fittest survive in the animal kingdom. But I think we've all seen situations caught on camera that counter that logic. Situations where animals are caring for each other, even across species, and we can see that they want the other to survive. We can see that rather than take advantage of the other's injury or weakness, causing further harm or even death, they seek to preserve life with a caring act of empathy or kindness. In story, we would frame that as a theme called love transcends death. And the character's flaw, the character in this case being the injured or weak animal, would be to fear death and loss. This past week, I watched a 2016 film directed by Taika Waititi titled Hunt for the Wilder People, with the lead roles of Sam Neill as Heck and Julian Dennison as Ricky, set in New Zealand. The film was adapted from Barry Crump's Wild Pork and Watercress, originally published in 1986. Hunt for the Wilder People is a perfect example of a protagonist with a flaw of fear of death and loss, and a unifying concept and outlook on life, the theme of love transcends death. Heck and Ricky are an unlikely pair. Two challenged orphan misfits of radically different ages, together by circumstance, trying to save their lives. It came as an initial surprise to me that it was considered a comedy until I rewatched it and understood the brilliance of finding humor in the most unimaginable pain. The sort of pain that knocks the wind out of you and leaves you lying there face down on the ground while the swing you just flew off of flails wildly above your head, and you wonder for a moment if you will ever breathe again. I saw the difference it makes when there's a sensitive treatment of pain with depth. And it isn't just made fun of with discomfort and distancing, as so often happens in shallow storytelling. Instead, pain is accepted as part of life, and as such... The fun or humor is with the unavoidable pain that comes with living. And in that, the humor, which is to be shared with others, is the love that transcends death. Love expressed through humor is the remedy for a fear of death and loss. In Hunt for the Wilder People, we see two throwaway people by their families, by society, And one of them, the 13-year-old Ricky, is smiling, laughing, and moving through an emotional spectrum, while his 65-year-old counterpart, Heck, is in a deep freeze of near paralysis with every emotion but anger. They are the wilder people, hunted like wildebeests by, you guessed it, people, predatory people like a cheetah or a lion, or... How about a stallion? Oh, but a stallion isn't a predator, is he? You say? No, technically a stallion does not fit into the same category as a lion or a cheetah. But 
If we consider what that stallion was doing in that film clip I mentioned earlier, wasn't he eliminating the weak? Don't cheetahs and lions single out the weakest in the herd for their prey? Hunt for the Wilder People holds a valuable lesson, particularly for throwaway people, of which there are entirely too many of today. If we are willing to see something comical in our suffering, we can smile an authentic smile with others, not just the kind of all-too-common plastic grin that merely masks pain and despair, not just the superficial smile that assures people that they will not be touched by our loss. No, when we reach an authentic smile that can be shared with others, it has the capacity to lift us out of our own station of weakness. When the fiber of true connection flows, that thing we call love, we stand a chance of ceasing to be the hunted by those who take it upon themselves to eradicate by any means necessary what they perceive as the weak in society. When love enters the picture, what was once thrown away becomes valued, and I think that is what makes for the most engaging story of all. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next week for another fascinating episode of Backstory Podcast.